0: From time to time, we'll switch things up here and share a sermon from around the diocese rather than an interview. And so this week, clergy from around the diocese gathered at Trinity Cathedral in Columbia for the annual renewal of ordination vows. Ned Morris, rector of Church of the Advent in Spartanburg, gave the sermon. We thought you'd all might like to hear that message. So we'll get back to interviews in the coming weeks. But we hope you enjoy this edition of Make, Equip, and Send the Stories That Shape EDUSC. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. being here in this beautiful beautiful cathedral with all of you all of you is a great privilege and joy dean jones thank you for hosting us thanks also to your dedicated staff your clergy your many volunteers who helped to make this cathedral church a wonderful and welcoming place. Your hospitality is an example throughout the year and the years that I've been here. An example for all of us and serves as evidence of the vibrant life of faith you share with each other, with the city of Columbia and with the rest of the Diocese of Upper South Carolina. Thank you, Bishop Waldo, for asking me to preach at this year's reaffirmation of ordination vows. I hope you don't regret it. (laughs) But even God chose what was foolish. (laughs) (laughs) I promised myself that I wouldn't say something smarmy or try too hard in an attempt nothing cheap in order to get you to later remember my sermon, or perhaps, um, maybe perhaps being better than it actually was in your memory. (laughs) I'm not going to mention anything about trains. (laughs) No, nothing about steam engines. I won't speak to the level of talking about the Norfolk and Western Class J611 that I had the opportunity to ride behind from rolling up to Bluefield. I'm not gonna talk about my great uncle, Walter Groats, who as an artist developed a scheme called speed lettering for Western Maryland that donned the fronts of those engines and the sides of those cars for decades. I'm not gonna talk about having grown up in Ellicott City, Maryland. The first passenger rail station in the world, the finish line of that 1830 and front two race between the Tom Thumb and the horse-drawn car from Baltimore to what was then Ellicott Mills. Yes, I will refrain from talking about all of that sort of thing. Because if I did, I might distract you. And you might only remember those words and forget everything else I'm about to say and as much as I enjoy talking trains with you what I'm going to say now I hope and pray might actually be sermon material and perhaps in part might be worth remembering in preparing to preach today there were many images thoughts and memories that pass through my mind. And so there I was yesterday, on the day before I was to preach at the reaffirmation of ordination vows in this cathedral. As I stared with the rest of the world at the film footage and pictures of Notre Dame Cathedral on fire, and I was suddenly taken back to another moment in time. I was transported to a day when we had all once before stared with the rest of the world. Only back then, and it feels strange to say back then, we watched as several iconic structures were being severely damaged and still others unbelievably and unforgettably destroyed by cruel cowardice and evil attack. But of course, back then, we had to witness the even greater tragedy of so many human lives being taken violently, tragically, while simultaneously and mostly unaware to to many of us, we were also witnessing still others whose lives were being taken while performing their routine, everyday vocational feats of heroism, all in an effort to save the lives of others. That day, Three days later, on the evening of Holy Cross Day, September 14, 2001, I was kneeling in a church. On a wall in my office are two framed, almost identical certificates. The one on the right reads, Be it known to you by these presents that we, Frank Neff Powell, that's my voice for effect, that's not how it reads. But By divine providence, Bishop of Southwestern Virginia conferring holy orders under the protection of Almighty God in Trinity Church, Stanton, Virginia, on the 14th day of September in the year of our Lord 2001, did then and there rightly and canonically and according to a form prescribed in the Book of Common Prayer of the Episcopal Church Ordain as a priest in the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, our beloved Son in Christ, Jonathan Edward Morris. So yesterday, that is where my mind returned. I still find it strange that two enormous, two enormous twin towers that made up so much of the skyline for the four years Ellen and I lived in New York while I attended General Seminary, from July of 1997 to July of 2001, that these skyscrapers standing 110 stories high, made of steel and reinforced concrete, and designed, engineered and built using 20th century applied physics, would only last 28 years. April 4th, 1973 to September 11th, 2001. When we drove out of the city on July 4th, just two months prior to 9-11, with our brand new six-week-old, neither of us knew that it would be the last time we would see them standing as sentinels that would welcome us each time we returned and bid us farewell as we left. It was always the first and last thing you would see. You knew you were close to the city. Construction of the Cathedral of Our Lady of Paris, better known as Notre Dame, was begun in 1163, And it was consecrated in 1182. A building some 850 years old still stands and seems to have escaped complete destruction after what looked like a total loss. Perhaps it will be restored, revived, resuscitated. Perhaps it will rise again. After all, everyone thought Tiger Woods would never win another Masters tournament. Just saying. Holy Week is not the most convenient time for a clergy to put everything on hold and travel even to this beautiful place, even to be with the company of one another in order to reaffirm their ordination facts. But then again, there's nothing particularly convenient about Holy Week, and I believe the same goes for ordination. I bet there isn't a single one of us who found the ordination process or the discernment process or anything that has taken place since convenient. Life, ministry, neither is convenient. And I don't think there is much about the ordained life that is supposed to be. In a couple of years, on the Feast of Polycarp, I'll be observing my 20th anniversary, my diagonal ordination, and then roughly six months later, my priestly ordination. I've buried many people over the years, and I believe that it's the same with death. What I mean is, I think death is really only convenient for the one who has died. They're okay. It's the rest of us, the living, who find it difficult to deal with, to deal with death. I would say death is more than inconvenient okay i need to wrap this up i know but you've driven all this way so be ashamed not to go on a little bit longer so here we are most of this most of us attending this service are ordained clergy it's holy week y'all knew that We know the bits about Jesus' suffering and death. We know that we are to proclaim Christ crucified. We know that part of what appears as foolishness is that Jesus' death on the cross is in fact his glorification. The death of Christ is the act that brings salvation to its climactic totality. Resurrection is merely what salvation looks like after it's been accomplished through death. We must also remember this. Human beings attach themselves to that which brings them meaning and solace. Sometimes that's a building. I witnessed that while I watched and listened to the thousands gathered to sing hymns as they watched over the Cathedral of Our Lady of Paris burning. And I know that hymns have been sung throughout this state and most recently throughout Louisiana, as buildings loved, prayed in, Worshipped in, died in, baptized in, have burned. You know, I grieve for the Twin Towers. I did. Weird. And I grieve for all those who perished in them and everybody who perished on that day. I grieved last night for Notre Dame Cathedral, and I grieve for all those who have found that place to be full of meaning and beauty and peace. I'm not sure if the church, the body of Christ, isn't both the building and the people after all. We are people who see things with sacramental eyes, right? Is this not more than what it appears to be? The bricks and the body, the mortar and the mind, the pew and the pew sitter, I think they both matter. It all matters. In closing, I'm going to read a passage from what I think as dated as it is is still the book that captures the essence of ordained ministry. The first book that my rector handed me when I went in innocently inquiring about a T.S. Eliot poetry reading class he was gonna be leading during Lent and walked out with this book. By the Right Reverend and Right Honorable Arthur Michael Ramsey, 100th Archbishop of Canterbury, the Christian priest today. Ramsey wrote Amidst the vast scene of the world's problems and tragedies, you may feel that your own ministry seems so small, so insignificant, so concerned with the trivial. What a tiny difference it can make to the world that you should run a youth club, or preach to a few people in a church, or visit families with seemingly small result. But consider, the glory of Christianity is its claim that small things really matter, and that the small company, the very few, the one man, the one woman, the one child, are of infinite worth to God. Consider our Lord himself. Amidst a vast world with its vast empires and vast events and tragedies, our Lord devoted himself to individual men and women, often giving hours and time to the very few or to the one man or woman in a country where there were movements and causes which excited the allegiance of many, the Pharisees, the Zealots, the Essenes, and others. Our Lord gives many hours to one woman of Samaria, one Nicodemus, one Martha, one Mary, one Lazarus, one Simon Peter, for the infinite worth of the one, is the key to the Christian understanding of the many. It is to a ministry like that of our Lord himself that you are called. The gospel you preach affects the salvation of the world, and you may help your people to influence the world's problems, but you will never be nearer to Christ than in caring for the one man. the one woman, the one child. His authority will be given to you as you do this, and his joy will be yours as well. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this side forth, forever the Lord. The blessing, mercy, and grace of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever.